Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Hey, everyone. We have launched the BODC Multifamily Impact Fund. Invest with a trusted operator with a track record of success. Our fund offers diversification, risk mitigation, tax benefits, and stringent acquisition criteria. If you'd like to learn more, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Anthony Vigilante. Anthony has been in the financial industry for 20 plus years as a chief technology officer and a chief information security officer. Anthony sits on the National Board of Directors for America on Tech, which is a national nonprofit on a mission to mentor and guide underprivileged students to thrive in careers of technology and innovation. He regularly speaks at various conferences specializing in the areas of technology, cybersecurity, leadership, and management. And Anthony has been a multifaceted investor for most of his life, strategically observing the overall economy in order to decide where the current opportunities may reside. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah. Thank you, Gary. What an introduction. Really appreciate that. Happy to be here. Uh, very excited. So yeah, I think you summed up my background a bit, but basically who I am, you know, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a husband and and a friend. You know, I think that that's what's important in life is family, friends, and try to remember that, you know, first and foremost. As you mentioned, been a chief technology officer, chief security officer my entire career in, in at a financial company in Manhattan. And my background, you know, really, my parents are Italian immigrants, moved to Newark, New Jersey, and that's where I was born. You know, not the most desirable place you want to be born, but it was great and it worked. And I think it made me who I am today. Uh, we didn't have much and always dreamt of doing bigger things. As I watched you know, people around me succeed. I think I tried to learn from folks around me. I think I've always been an entrepreneur at heart with the lemonade stands and selling iced tea at the golf local golf course or snow removal or whatever I was doing. I always seemed to, you know, have the passion for making money. And I actually loved to work, which is weird, especially for a kid, but I was always trying to find a job. I remember like even being 13, going store to store at the main street and People like, you're too young, you know, but anyway, I always had that drive to kind of want to do better for myself. Nice, nice. Well, let's dive in and talk about your investing life progression. You know, people come into it at different stages in their life, and I'm curious about yours. And How did you get started and what was the driver? Yeah. So again, I always, you know, we all had jobs, went to college, did all those things, but always kind of wanted 
something more besides that. For whatever reason, I knew that W-2 for me was just not enough. It's great. And I had a great career, but I always want it more. So even in my 20s, I remember opening up Italian ice and ice cream place down at the shore, the Jersey Shore with a buddy of mine. I think that was my first probably business venture. And, you know, it was a great learning experience. Can you imagine for a 20, I guess it was 25 or whatever I was. Great learning experience, you know, for sure. You know, that's how you cut your teeth. But I, you know, always was looking for the next thing and started actually buying real estate. Well, before that, I started investing in stocks, just following, you know, no one I knew invested in stocks, no one I knew even invested in anything, no one in my family or anything like that. But the stock market interested me and I would just, there'll be a company that I just knew about and I would just buy it and watch it. And, you know, I started making money that way and started with companies I worked for. I was in technology, so I would buy technology companies, telecommunication companies, anything I understood. And I did okay. You know, I didn't have much money. So, you know, I'm investing a couple hundred dollars, making a couple hundred dollars and it was fun. So that's, I think my real start in my twenties. And again, no one taught me. I just kind of learned on my own and we didn't have the internet like we have now. So it was difficult to really research or bought books, just talk to people that who I thought maybe weren't investing and just kind of just did it. Then I started to purchase real estate. Once I saved up a few extra bucks and worked for a few extra years, I think I must have been in my late 20s, early 30s, where I actually started buying some real estate, some really cheap property in, in Camden and Philly. Not the best neighborhoods that I purchased in, but that's what I could afford. And again, great learning experience for me and had some good properties and some bad properties from an investment perspective. But I did feel good about purchasing homes and trying to you know, give a better living for other people. One thing I did is I always fixed up, you know, had enough money to fix up the homes better than they were and have, you know, a great place for someone to live. So I, that made me feel good. You know, I was making money and I was also helping someone with their habitat, with their living. And if they needed something, I would usually, you know, I was the type of person who, and maybe that was not the right business mind to do, but if someone wanted something, I would just make the change or the upgrade, you know, if I had the money. And of course, if as long as it wasn't a hundred thousand dollars. But so that's kind of how I started. Then I guess after that, I started purchasing things, you know, after I saved a few more dollars, started purchasing some property in Florida and and did well down there. And I think through the years, I was doing that as I had a W-2. And I think that a lot of people, and this is what I try to tell a lot of people, especially my friends in town and everyone who has a W-2, they're like, oh, I can't, I don't have time. I I don't have money. and, and And I would try to encourage people to invest, even if it's a little bit, uh, whatever you have, and you can do it even with the W-2. So believe me, I had a very demanding job, as you can imagine, Midtown Manhattan, finance, technology, was, you know, long hours, long days, weekends. But I always found time, even if it's a few hours on a Saturday or whatever it was, to learn about how to invest. And once I figured how to do it, learned an area, built a team, do the little things you need to do. And I have a funny, you know, phrase I call it passive aggressive investing. Everyone likes to call it passive investing. And I'm always like, no, there's no such thing as passive investing because people come to me, hey, I want to passively invest. I'm like, that doesn't exist unless you want to lose all your money. What you know, even buying a stock is not passive. You need to research it and understand that and know when to buy more, know when to sell it, and all these things, right? So with real estate, it becomes aggressive because when you're first learning it, let's say you want to invest in Florida, you have to learn, well, what city, what area, what town, what street, you know, location, location, location. You have to learn, 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 meet people, meet, you know, realtors, wholesalers, 
property managers, whatever it is. So it's a lot of work up front. And maybe you can do that on weekends or at nights when you have some free time, hopefully before kids or when the kids get older. <laughs> I know there's a pocket there. And then, you know, once you do that, it becomes kind of passive, right? You purchase something, you get a property manager, you build a team that you trust, and you let it go. You know, from time to time, you have to get involved and ask questions and make sure and, and follow up and all these things. But it does become kind of passive. But just wanted to let people know, and I always tell people, nothing is 100% passive or or the opposite. So that's why I call it passive aggressive investing. You said, you know, you took the time to understand it twice. And I think that's really important because investors out there, you know, they'll invest in Bitcoin or they'll be in other things without really understanding. And, and the mistakes I've made investing is when I didn't fully understand it. I'm following the herd, you know, that herd mentality. And that's what's gotten me into trouble. And so I, I really commend you for taking that time to really understand something. Well, I'm definitely no genius. I learned the hard way for everything, as I said. No one in my life was an investor. Now there's a lot of people in my life who are investors. I surround myself around that in our group that we belong together, Go Abundance, but also other people in my life. But when I was younger, zero people, no family, no friends, no one. And so I learned on my own and I made mistakes in Philly and Camden and other places. And you don't win every time and that's okay, right? I think some people get so stuck on, they lose, that's it, I'm done. Well, you're going to lose. You're going to win and you're going to lose. But you have to learn and you have to learn from your mistakes and do things differently. And now I've learned if I'm going to invest in a stock or a property or a syndication, I will do as much research as possible. It's not perfect. Still, you're not going to always get it right. But at least you've done the due diligence, the research, and you understand, okay, how am I going to make money here? Okay, I get it. doesn't mean you're going to make money, but at least you understand how you can make money. And also what's your exit plan? What's your strategy? Like, don't go in blindly. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to build cash flow? Are you trying to build wealth? You know, so what is your goal? And are you going to flip it? Are you going to keep it forever? So all of, the, all of these things. And the same thing with stock, right? You're buying a stock because you're speculating and you're going to sell it in a month because it's going to double. Or are you going to buy Apple and sit on it for 20 years? So everything, regardless of what you're investing in, you have to have a strategy and try to stick to your plan because if you don't stick to your plan, that's when things kind of go sideways. Do you have any like really big aha moments in, in investing career, I guess? Yeah, I think we all listen to podcasts, which are great. I learned a lot from podcasts and books, of course, but podcasts are great because you get to hear different people's stories and you get to take a little bit from me, a little bit from Gary, a little bit from a hundred other people and make it your own. But I think what some podcasts do, and not the good ones, a lot of good ones out there, and there's some that are not so good, they don't give two sides of the story, right? Some of those podcasts are like the rah-rah podcasts, and they encouraging people to go invest and just go and don't worry about it. You can buy something in Ohio, don't worry. You don't have to go. You don't have to see it. And you can get burned that way. You can buy a property, and you're like, okay, yeah, they got it. They sent me a picture, and I know so many people who got in trouble this way. You know, because who knows when that picture was taken or if it's even a real picture. And are these people that you're meeting, if you don't get on a plane, look at what does it cost to go anywhere in this country? Not much. Fine. You know, if you travel during spring break, it's going to be double, but don't travel during spring break, right? Go some random time, spend a couple hundred bucks, get on a plane, go to Ohio or wherever you're investing, go shake hands with the people you're dealing with 
and look at the property. I think that's a lesson learned because I made that mistake. And I know a lot of people who made that mistake and I got burned. Thank God, not big time, but some people got burned big time. Speaking of burned, I know someone who their house was on fire. They bought a house that had a fire they didn't even know. And someone pulled the trick because they were trying to get out of it and it wasn't legal, but they ended up with the bag and they lost money. So I guess that would be my biggest advice is if you're going to invest somewhere remote, which is great, I've done it, just please at least visit before you do it and try to visit once a year. And the easy way to do that is pick an area and then continue to invest in that area as opposed to 10 different areas. If you're investing in just one area, it's easier to go once a year, meet your properties, meet your property managers and whomever. Exactly. I think that that's great advice. We have an investing partner who is based in Chile and he he loves doing business with me, but he'll still, every time, you know, we have a property and he's looking to invest, he'll fly out and meet me there. And that's a long freaking flight, but he'll go there, walk the property, walk the comps with me. And just to get familiar, because he's going to put in a nice chunk. And so he'll take the few days just to fly there and back every time. Right. In the beginning, I get it. When you're starting out, you don't have that much. But if you've been investing for 10, 20 years, there's no excuse. You probably have a couple bucks. There's no excuse why you wouldn't get in a plane. And if you're worried about, you know, your family and everything and or well, then make it a family vacation, wherever it is. It doesn't matter where you go. It's always something fun to do there, museums or what have you. Make a weekend out of it. Bring the kids, bring your wife, bring your husband, whomever. And, you know, make it fun. So if you can't escape for a day or two, you know, there's ways around it. Or only invest in areas you want to go. Just invest in Florida. If you like Florida, invest there. So then when you go there once a year on a family vacation, you can sneak away for a few hours and go have some meetings. I do that. I go with the family and I sneak away with the folks I know down in Florida. So, you know, there's many ways of doing it, but I understand it's not that easy and there's obstacles and challenges, but just try to figure out how to, you know, get around that, circumvent those challenges as opposed to saying, no, I can't visit it. It's fine. I trust these people. I'm just going to do it. It could be a mistake and you could get burned. So what are you currently working on or what what kind of goals you have for investing wise? Here we are in the beginning of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I definitely have been involved in a lot of different things, real estate, syndications, all kinds of syndications from hospitality, you know, Renault, where you and I actually had a great conversation a few months ago, you know, so hospitality, multifamily, storage. So I, I basically invest as an LP in syndication. So I'm still doing that, actively doing that. I'm also doing a lot of hard money loans. So I'm a hard money lender. I have a partner and a couple of buddies that we do together especially if it's a bigger deal. So I've been doing a lot of that, especially now because the banks are more particular with their lending. So people are are looking more for hard money. And I also, I left my W-2 in 2023 after 24 yes. years. And so now I'm doing, you know, from a leadership management, CTO, CISO perspective, I'm doing uh, coaching, consulting, started with just my network. And now I'm starting, you know, my goal for 2024 is to grow that more. So that's basically what I'm up to now. And to diversify my portfolio, I am actually purchasing a personal training gym. And actually, I just picked a location. So I think today is Friday. We should have an LOI signed. So again, that's more of a diversification of my portfolio because I'll hire a manager and, and trainers and all that. So I'll be more. You know, investor type thing. Again, passive aggressive, 
investing. I'll be very aggressive at first, getting it off the ground. Once it's off the ground, hopefully it's more passive. So we'll see. But really, you know, my goal right now for Q1 is to build my clients for the leadership and management and technology consulting. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. I know one thing that is really important to you as well is the idea of giving and mentoring. When did you develop this purpose and why is it so important to you? Yeah. You know, I don't know why it's important to me and it's just something that's inside of us, right? And and maybe it's because I was, you know, where I was born and having nothing and having really no hope. I mean, I was in high school and I didn't believe in myself at all. I had didn't think I was going to go anywhere. I had nothing, you know. My dad had left at the time and my mom was a single mom. I had a, a younger sister, 13 years younger than me, so a really young sister. And so, you know, I was helped raising her and we just had nothing, no money for college, whatever. So I think being in that situation is so tough and just having no one believe in you or give you hope is the worst thing. And I was in that situation and I got lucky to kind of run into some people who did believe in me and show me and and guide me. And I think that knowing that, knowing how hard it is to grow up that way, always, even when I had nothing, I always wanted to help people around me. And now that I have a couple bucks, I, you know, give where I can. But giving is not just about money, right? It's giving money, but giving your time, giving your expertise, doing whatever you can, you know, seeing someone in need on the street and just kind of helping. So it's just something that's always been part of me. And now I'm part of, I sit on the board of directors, National Board of Directors for America on Tech, which is an organization that gives back to underprivileged students in high school and uh, helps them get ahead with technology and teaches them about careers and college and technology. And and so for me, I really connected to that because I'm like, yeah, that's what I needed when I was in high school, someone to believe in me. And then I got lucky enough for it to happen. So, you know, that's one thing I want to just remind people is no matter where you are in life, if you're just starting out where you're established, please remember to give back to whatever organization that you feel connected to. And the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is mentoring is so important. So, so, so important. I tell everyone that I meet this, always have a mentor. Try to figure out, I know it's not easy, but find someone to mentor you because no matter what stage you are in life, starting off in the middle or at the end or wherever you are, you think you're an expert or someone who knows way more than you, always have a mentor. I have a mentor. Thank God for that. And always mentor someone. Always. Go out of your way to find someone to mentor. Someone out there needs help. And no matter where you are, again, in your stage of your career or what have you, there's a lot you can teach someone. So much. You may not think you can, but you can. And so I always tried to help others throughout my whole life. And I've always seek to help from others. So that's how you can improve yourself, not only financially, but as a person, as a human being, you could become a better person by always helping someone and always getting help from someone with whatever type of help you need. I love that. Yeah, so important. I think yeah, yeah, growing up, you know, learning the lessons that someone else has already gone through is just hyper fuels your growth as a person, as an investor, as a as a business person, whatever it may be. It's so huge. And you'll gain so much just by helping someone else too, by mentoring them, feel good about yourself. And you'll reinforce your lessons too. It's really important. So great advice. Yeah. Totally agree. When you're helping someone, and this is not why you're doing it, but it's amazing that you get ahas out of it. As you're telling someone or helping someone or hearing their issues or questions, you're like, oh my God, you you may learn something you forgot 10 years ago. Like, oh my God, yes, I used to do that. Why don't I do that anymore? Or, 
you know, you're telling someone something and you're like, wait, I don't even do that. You know, so like you know, make goals, have habits, you know, good habits and all of these things. Like, wait, have I done my goals for 2024 yet? So it reminds you of the basics, but also everybody can teach you something. You're learning from your mentor. Of course, you're going to learn from that person because they have experiences that you haven't had. And they're going to say something that you're going to be like, wow, you know what? I never thought about that. So absolutely, you are always learning from people you're mentoring, for sure. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show and adding a ton of value on investing as a busy professional and the importance of giving back. Is there a place where listeners can find out more about you? Yeah, I guess the best place is LinkedIn. You know, professionally, I've been getting more and more active, especially after I left my W-2. I've definitely been getting more active on LinkedIn. So if you just look up my name, Anthony Vigilante, it's, you know, my picture's on there. It looks like this picture right here. You know, Facebook at this point, I'm use it for personal. Instagram, we'll see what happens. But for now, I'm on LinkedIn. All right. Sounds good. We'll put that in the show notes. So this is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.